It's Sunday. <laughs> Easter, yeah, isn't that good? Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Easter reminds us that through Jesus, we can refresh, we can restart, we can renew, we can be restored, we can be resurrected in Christ. And uh, I just want you to know, uh, Jesus is alive. He really is. Um, I uh, want you to know that we're going to uh, challenge you and we're going to be talking today about the greatest demonstration of power in all of history. Because down through the centuries, followers of Jesus have recognized this is the day that matters. Because, as you said, he is risen. He's risen how? Indeed. Yep. I want to begin by talking about the historical, factual account of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Uh, I'd like to uh, remind you the resurrection of Jesus is not just a Christian doctrine, it's actually a historical event, and that's huge. So it's not just something that we wish was true, there's good evidence to confirm it's much more than just wishful thinking. It's historical, verifiable fact of history. Let me offer you four quick pieces of evidence you got on the back of your bulletin. You got a blank place. Why don't you take down some notes? How do we know that the empty tomb is historical fact? Here we go. Piece of evidence number one. Passages like 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 8, are considered by historical scholars, not just Christian scholars, even agnostic and atheistic scholars recognize that it's right up close next to the original event. In other words, the events of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-8, uh, Jesus lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. He shed His blood. He was buried. He arose from the dead and He was seen by over 500 witnesses. That's like right up next to exactly. It, was, it occurred and then it was written down. And even agnostic and atheistic scholars say that's early, that's reliable, that's something you have to accept as fact. Second piece of evidence for the empty tomb being historical uh, fact, Jesus was seen and touched and ate by over 500 people. Now you think about it, uh, this is an event, he was seen, he died, everyone it was clear, he was dead, and now over 500 people see him and he's alive, and he talked with them, and they ate with them, and they know he's alive because I was there, I saw him, I touched him, I heard him speak, over 500 Third piece of evidence for the resurrection as historical fact, when Jesus was crucified, the leaders of the early church, remember what they did? Where, where, where were all the apostles when Jesus was on the cross? They ran, they fled, they were hiding and scattered like cowards. But here's what you need to understand. But when we get to the book of Acts, 50 days later, Peter, John, James would spend the rest of their lives 
proclaiming the fact that Jesus Christ, their Savior, died on the cross for their sin, was buried, and early on Sunday morning they would proclaim that he arose from the dead, and they are eyewitnesses to those facts. The apostles, who early on were afraid and running and hiding, were willing to die for something that they had seen. See the difference? Originally, before the resurrection, they were scared, they're hiding out. And now, they've said, they're saying, we've seen with our own eyes. We've touched with our own hands. They were in a unique position to not just believe Jesus rose from the dead, they actually saw it for themselves. And most of them died for proclaiming the message that Jesus is alive. You understand? So, so they were, were afraid and cowering and hiding. And now you see after the resurrection, they were willing to die and suffer for that same message. Fourth piece of evidence for the empty tomb as historical fact. Without the physical resurrection of Jesus from the dead, how do you explain the last 2,000 years of history? How do you explain that no other event like the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus has affected the world and spread across cultural, political, religious, geographic boundaries like the resurrection of Jesus from the dead? Nothing has, has changed the world like this event. I like this quote. Here you go. If you were a Martian looking down on the first century, would you think Christianity or the Roman Empire would survive? So, so you don't know anything, but you see this massive, which is going to survive? Would you put your money on a ragtag group of people whose primary message was that a crucified carpenter from an obscure village had triumphed over death? Would you put your money on them? And yet today, we name our children Peter and Paul. We name our dog Caesar and Nero. <laughs> Just telling you. <laughs> it's changed everything. Locate with me on your phone or in your Bible. We're going to be in the Gospel of John this morning, chapter 20. It's Sunday morning. The 11 remaining disciples of Jesus, they're still in hiding. And a brave woman named Mary Magdalene, why? She was from the village of Magdala to distinguish her from the other Marys, because there's lots of Marys. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb of Jesus. It's still early, really early, so early, John says it's still dark outside. Would you stand with me if you're able? And we're going to read out loud together the first ten verses of John chapter 20. Here we go. Let's read together. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. 
He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for the joy and the hope and the confidence that Easter Sunday morning brings to us. Lord, it's an opportunity to refresh, restart, renew, even resurrect in your power. Help us to learn today from this event at the empty tomb. And I want to pray specifically right now, Lord, for those who are here or those who are watching online, Lord, those in the midst of a messy, painful, hard place. And things are not encouraging at all. Might you use your word today to bring healing and grace and mercy in their time of need. And all the church family at Wildland Lake, gathered together on Resurrection Sunday morning, said with one united voice, Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, tell us that there are three heart temperatures in relationship to Jesus. Let's say that again. Revelation 3, 15, 16, three heart temperatures that are possible in relationship to Jesus. You have the chair over there, you've got hot, alive, passionate, focused, Daily walking with Jesus, allowing His Holy Spirit to fill and control us. That's heart temperature number one. Then we have the middle chair. Second heart temperature towards Jesus is lukewarm, tepid, self-sufficient, casual, occasional, half-hearted, apathetic, indifferent, lackadaisical, distracted, got other commitments. I'm a little too busy right now. And then you have the final chair. This is the final possible heart temperature according to Revelation 3, 15 and 16. And that would be cold, hostile, agnostic, unbelief, angry, uninterested, skeptical, doubter, cynical, irreligious. Here's what you need to know. Give me your eyes right now. Every one of us here today are in one of these three chairs in relationship to Jesus Christ. We're all in one of these chairs in relationship to Jesus Christ this morning. What's interesting is surrounding the cross and the empty tomb, there are several notable examples of each of these three heart temperatures in relationship to Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look especially at John chapter 20. So let's begin with the hot chair. Hot in heart temperature in relationship to Jesus Christ. Mary Magdalene 
her love, her devotion to Jesus was so great, catch this, that when she went to the tomb early on Sunday morning, she risked arrest. She was in danger going to the tomb and caring enough about Jesus that she was there at the foot of the cross with the other women, and now she's there at the tomb, and she risks the wrath of Rome, she risks the wrath of the religious authorities because she cares so much she's coming to check on her Jesus. I, I would argue that that's hot, that's bold, that's caring and loving. And when she sees that the tomb is empty, um, the first thing she does, her first inclination is to run. She knows where the disciples are hiding. So she runs and she wants to tell them what's going on. Hey, I want you guys to know the tomb is empty. She didn't at this point think resurrection. She's thinking the body's missing. I don't know what happened to the body of Jesus. Chapter 20, verse 11, if you slide down on your phone or in your Bible, uh, after Peter and John leave, Mary stays at the tomb. So they go back into hiding, and now Mary is there crying and weeping there at the empty tomb because she thought, it says, she thought the body of Jesus had been stolen. So she's, she's mourning uh, not only his death, but now someone has stolen the body. Look at verse 16. Mary, Jesus says to her, and she says in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. I think Jesus appears to Mary because of her hot love, her, her, her devotion, her passion for Jesus Christ. I, I believe that's the reason he appears to her at this specific time. And now Mary has the honor to be the first one to say, slide down to verse 18, I have seen the Lord. She's the first one that saw the risen Lord, and now she gets to go, and she runs just like she did before, and says to the disciples, guess what? His body wasn't stolen He's alive. I've seen the Lord. He's alive. I've seen Him. I've touched Him. And she's eager to share about Jesus Christ. You understand? She, she's eager to let everybody know. And that's what this chair is all about. Bold, passionate, caring, eager to share as you get opportunities with people about what Jesus is doing in your life. That, that's what this first chair is all about. You see that illustrated in Mary Magdalene's life. The, the second chair here is the uh, lukewarm chair. And I think this chair is illustrated best by the 11 disciples, at least at this time. They're in hiding. They are afraid and uh, they are just scared and denying, and, and they really don't want to be associated with Jesus and his name right now. Now just track with me. Give me your attention. Uh, for three years, they've been right at Jesus' side. You understand that, right? So for three years, they've seen firsthand the miracles of Jesus. 
For three years, they've heard daily his powerful teaching, and now this Jesus that they knew what he was about, they knew who he was, now they're hiding with the doors locked and the curtains pulled shut. Chapter 20, verse 19 says that very clearly. It seems they followed the lead of Peter. And if you'll recall, what did Peter uh, do when, when Jesus was uh, on trial and about to go to the cross? Three different times, Jesus denied, I don't, I don't know this Jesus. I, I, I don't know who you're talking about. And finally, before a little young servant girl, I, I don't know who it is. John chapter 18, verses 25 to 27, the three denials of Peter. Now, here's the great news about the middle chair. Are you ready? If you're here today, you don't have to stay in this chair. Isn't that good? You're not stuck in this chair. Because if you go to Acts chapter 2, and, and about 50 days later, guess where the disciples are going to be in Acts chapter 2? <laughs> They're going to be... I'm telling you what, pumped up, they are all in, they are proclaiming the name and, and the message of Jesus Christ, and they're bold, they're willing to be arrested, they're willing to be beat, it doesn't matter, I love Jesus, I'm all in. So understand, just because you're there in that chair, doesn't mean you can't move back to the hot chair. And, and I would argue, this is the challenge of the Christian life. Some, some days we're here, and, and, and you know what, I'm just busy, and I really don't have time for Jesus, and I don't have time for prayer, and I don't have time to get connected, and I really don't want to talk to him, to anybody about Jesus, and, and, then, and then you can move over here. Do you understand? It's, it's moving from the lukewarm chair to the hot chair. That's the challenge of the Christian life. And I uh, just want you to understand, if, if you're here today, you don't have to stay there. The cold chair <laughs> is those who are hostile and angry regarding Jesus. And I'm telling you, around the cross and the events that led up to uh, Jesus being arrested and put on the cross, there's lots of hostile angry people with Jesus. We'll start with the religious authorities, the Jewish religious leaders, and they had Jesus arrested, we talked about this last week, in the Garden of Gethsemane, John chapter 18. They have Jesus arrested, and they have him led away. Why are they so angry at Jesus? Give me your eyes. Because Jesus threatened their job security. Jesus threatened their golden goose, which was their religious system that they controlled, and they got oodles and goodles of money pouring in, and suddenly now Jesus Christ was a threat. We have to put an end to him. In John 18, 19 to 24, they belittle, they mock Jesus. They send him to the Roman governor, and his name was anybody? Pilate. Pontius Pilate, and Pilate too, uh, even though he could find no reason to charge Jesus with a crime. You remember what he does? He goes over to a bowl of water and says, I wash my hands of this. Go ahead, crucify him. And the crowds 
Five days earlier, do you remember what they were shouting? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thousands are shouting, Hosanna, Ray, waving palm branches. Now those same crowds, you know what they're saying now? Crucify him. We'd rather have Barabbas. Crucify this Jesus. I'm telling you, that, that's the cold category towards Jesus. Jewish religious leaders, Pilate, King Herod, and then the Roman soldiers get involved. And they beat and they mock and they took delight in beating Jesus Christ to a pulp, the king of the Jews, and they make fun of him. That's the cold chair. And there are lots of folks in the cold chair towards Jesus in this situation here. The fact is, you ready? Everybody here today, all of us, are in one of these three chairs in relationship to Jesus. There's no exception. Revelation 3 tells us three options, and I would argue with you, all of us are in one of these three chairs. So I need to ask, which chair are you in right now? What's your heart temperature in relationship to Jesus Christ? Are you in the hot chair? Are you passionate to learn and grow and follow Jesus? Is that your focus in life? Are you all in? Are you eager to share with others as, as you get opportunity? That's what the hot chair is all about. Or could it be? The truth is, you've kind of slid over into the lukewarm chair. Maybe you're here today and, you know, just, you know, I'm busy right now and I'll learn and I'll grow later when things slow down. Yeah, I'll start using my gift later when I have time. And yeah, I'll start being generous with, with my, my money later when, when I get my raise and I get promoted. But, but this is just that apathetic, I'm too busy, I'm too distracted to give all to Jesus. He's, he's not the focus right now. Or could it be that you're here today and maybe openly you're not hostile to Jesus, but could it be that you're here today but inwardly you're really not all that interested in Jesus? You're, you're, you're really not interested in following Him. You're really not interested in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe later, when I get old. One of these three chairs is where you're seated right now, all of us. I'd like to uh, ask that the ushers, would you please at this time, come on, uh, make your way down here and start passing out white bags for everybody, okay? It's going to take a little bit of time so uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep talking, but they're going to get a white bag to each and every person. So if you're married, then you get two bags. And if you have children, then take a white bag for each of them. I'd like everybody to have one of these white bags. Go ahead, guys. Let's go. Let's start passing them out. It's going to take a little bit of time. Yep. My challenge to you... Um, if you're not already in this chair today, 
And I, I'm confident that some of you, this is your chair. <laughs> well done. Well done. But here's the truth. There's, there's lots of us here today that aren't in this chair. So here's my challenge. Would you consider, if you're not already in that chair, would you consider moving up a chair? Would you? Would, would you say, is it time? Is it time to move up a chair? Or if you're over here, you ready for the challenge if you're here? Let's move two chairs, <laughs> okay? So, so don't just move there. Let, let's go all in. Let, let's move to the hot chair if you're there in that cold chair today. Why? Why, why do we want to skip this chair? Uh, are you ready? Revelation 3.16. Here's what Jesus says about this chair. This always gets me. He says, because you refuse to either just reject me or you're not all in, because you're here in this lukewarm, tepid, apathetic chair, listen, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. Okay? Let, let me give you the New Living Jeff translation. I'm about to puke you out of my mouth is what Jesus is actually saying there, Revelation 3, verse 16. It's like milk that's been sitting on the table for two days. Got it? And, and you meant to put it back in the fridge, but you forgot. Okay? And, and now you go and you pour yourself a nice glass, and, and it's got little chunks in it now, and, and you say, <laughs> awful. No thank you. You get it out of your mouth. That's the idea Revelation 3.16. That, that's what Jesus thinks about this chair. It, it, it makes him want to spew that. No thank you. This chair is a little bit like decaffeinated coffee. Why bother? Why, why bother? It doesn't taste that good. It, 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 sorry, sorry. But, you know, decaf... Really? Really? Why? Or decaf... Or caffeine-free Mountain Dew. Why? Why go there? Okay. So, open up your bags. I think most of you have one now. Here we go. Open up your bags. And uh, we have three things in the bag, hopefully. No surprises. Uh, you have a life book. That's a gift to you. It's got some really cool notes and concludes page 83, how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, the Gideons printed this little book. There's uh, some foundation of, I think, a, a very uh, blessed follower of Jesus who paid to get these printed up. Um, and uh, they were the ones who makes this little life book available to you. And some of you are saying, you know, Pastor Jeff, I have lots of Bibles. I, I don't need a Gospel of Mark. Okay? So you're telling me you're in the hot chair. So here's my challenge. If you don't need it, then this is your opportunity to give this away to somebody in your life who needs a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you're in this chair, you need the life book. You need to get digging. There's really good notes there. And if you're uninterested, I would, I would challenge you. Will you consider reading it? It's good stuff. 
There's really good stuff in this thing. Uh, the second thing you have in there is a response card. Now here's what I noted. Uh, you don't have any good place, you don't have a desk, but now you can make your life book, you're, you're a little uh, able to write. So here's what we're asking. You also should have a small little golf pencil so you can fill the card out. Didn't want to assume that everybody had a pen or a pencil. If you want to bring your own pen right now, go for it. But otherwise, you got your, your little pencil here. Would you start with me? I, we'd like everybody, no matter what chair you're in, we're asking, would you please fill this card up? Maybe you're saying again, but I'm in the hot chair. I don't need, no, no, we need your encouragement. When we, when we look at your card, we're going to say, yes, yes. And, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, if you're new here this Sunday, we'd love to know that. But now let's move where we really want to go. I'd like you to make a decision today. Which, which chair are you in? Where are you at in relationship to Jesus Christ? A, I'm already in a real, alive, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. Well done. Uh, B, um, I'm ready now either to move from the middle chair or the cold chair, and, and I'm ready to move here. That's what B's all about. Okay? If you understand. Uh, C, I'll think about it. I'm ready to consider a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm willing to read the life book, and I'll, I'll give it some thought. I'll consider saying yes to Jesus. And D, you're allowed to put D, I'm not really sure I'm all that interested right now. Maybe later, maybe later. My prayer all week long has been, Lord, help these folks right here to move two chairs. My prayer all week long, Lord, help the folks who are honestly right here right now, help them move one chair stay there. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for uh, Resurrection Sunday 2019. We just want you to know it's, it's a joy to know with confidence that you're alive. There's good evidence to back up the fact that the tomb was empty and you're alive today. And you're calling us right now to follow you. As we close, anybody say, you know, Pastor Jeff, I've been in the cold or the lukewarm chair. Perhaps that's all you've ever known. And I'd like to ask, is, is anybody willing to say, you know, Jesus is nudging me to move. I'm in that cold chair. He's moving me to move two chairs over. If, if you're in the lukewarm chair, he's, he's, he's nudging and calling me to move to the hot chair. Be passionate and focused and daily in my relationship with Jesus Christ. As we close, just need to ask, anybody say, would you pray for me? I promise I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I'd just like to pray for you. Lord's talking to me, he's nudging me, he's saying it's time to move a chair or two. Anybody? Yep. Are there others? Just want to pray for you.
Anybody in the balcony? Move a chair or two. Easter Sunday morning, Lord, we're listening, we're responding to you, Lord, and I pray for lots of folks to read the life book and choose to follow and grow and share. Might your applause, your blessing be upon each of them, Lord. Help us to live strong for your son, Jesus Christ, daily, hourly. Right where you're seated, you can say, Jesus, I believe. This is where that relationship begins. Jesus, I believe you are the sinless lamb of God. I believe, Jesus, you took my place on the cross. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my sin problem, which is our greatest problem, mine and yours. Jesus, I believe that early Sunday morning the evidence is strong. You didn't stay dead. You literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead. You did that for me. And by faith, choice of my will, I receive you as my Savior, my King, my Master. I choose to sit in the hot chair right now. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray all these things. Amen. Here's the deal. We would really appreciate it if every one of you would fill out the response card. Would you? Won't take very long. And then as you exit, we have folks with baskets. Uh, and I promise you, they won't be looking. If you're concerned about that, put it that way so they can't see, okay? Uh, fill that out. Drop that in the basket as you exit. Uh, next Sunday, selfie mode selfie challenge. Thank you for coming Easter Sunday morning and celebrating with us. Let's uh, stand one last time. Let's worship our resurrection.